Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. So I guess around midnight, we head back to my place and we went up onto the roof and this is where our lives changed forever. I, I leaned up against the skylight that was on my roof. And, you know, shortly after Aaron came to lean up against it with me and the weight of both of our bodies cracked the skylight and we fell through. Fell about 15 feet onto a stairwell and I was knocked out and in pretty bad shape. That was Aaron and Jason's third date. They fell 15 feet through a skylight. They'd only been out a few times before that happened, but both of them felt a really serious connection and maybe even the beginnings of love. But neither of them knew what could or should happen after an accident like that. I'm Joe Piazza, and this is Committed. Jason and Aaron are both comedians and performers. The two of them had crossed paths in New York City, where Jason was doing both improv and stand-up. But they didn't really connect until Jason moved to Los Angeles, where Aaron was based. That's when he got a gig writing tweets for Steve Harvey. Which was a thrill, because I'm a white guy. <laughs> and to get hired by Steve Harvey to write in his voice was, was an honor. And uh, that's what was I was doing when I started dating Aaron out here in Los Angeles. I was an assistant to make money, a personal assistant to make money. And I did comedy as well. We just kept running into each other at shows. You know, we run in the same circles being in the comedy world here in L.A. It's not like, you know, it's not like it's a huge community. He like really didn't give me the time of day. And then oh, he was like, Jason. Talking to some blonde girl. I was running a show at the time, so I was busy. <laughs> he was very busy, yeah. whatever. And so I just remember thinking, like, that guy is a douchebag. <laughs> and so at that moment in time, did not like him at all. <laughs> but she did. <laughs> so Erin did what any self-respecting lady would do. She forgot about him 
and she started dating someone else. But then, two years later, Jason comes up to her at a show. And I remember thinking, that's that guy that was like such a douche before, and now he's talking to me. That's weird. And then he started following me on Instagram. Classic, classic move. And we would start each other about posts that we would do. We had a fun bit at the beginning where we'd say, this is art, to very stupid posts that we would do. And that just became like a running gag between us. But that's really how we started talking was over Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. The better dating sites, in my opinion. Yeah, the best dating site, I, I think. So one night, Aaron went to one of Jason's shows. That was sort of kind of their first date, but not really. Where it wasn't, <laughs> you know, like comedians, they love to like, hey, when they're interested in a girl, they love, hey, I got a show on Friday. Why don't you come out to the show and then we'll hang out afterwards, which is really just a way of saying we you need more need audience. Another audience number. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to get five people in the show or I can't do my set, you know? <laughs> So that's like what comedians like to do. So I don't count those as dates. I count our first real date as our hike. Okay, so our first date was a hike. And I had already worked out that morning. And I went home and tried to change my clothes and look like I hadn't worked out already. And then we went on a hike that I thought was going to be an hour at the most. And we just kept hiking and hiking. And we were, it was like a five hour start to finish. Yeah. I was so hungry. I was so hungry and we like walked to this little cafe. Yeah, this is in Griffith Park, the Trails Cafe, if anyone's familiar with it. It's, um, and then we went there at the end to get something to eat. I wanted so much food. I wanted everything <laughs> on the menu. There's not a lot, but I wanted all of it. And he was like, oh, I think I'm going to get like a, a, an Americano. And I was like, oh, God, I can't. I can't go. I, I know I could have. But I was trying to not, I was trying to, yeah. you know, be even. I wasn't trying to be like, okay, well, I need 45 things. Mm -hmm. So I got a freaking coffee. <laughs> and then I ate so much food later that day. But it was, it was fun. It was it, cute. Yeah, it was like four or five hours, like Aaron said, of us. We just kept hiking because it was so much fun talking with her and, and you know, people watching and, and exercising together. And that was, it was great. I knew like. I was starting to have real feelings for her because hanging out with her was just so easy and fun. So that's it. Oh, and then later that night, I had a show that I invited her to, that I invited her to, but I felt like we just spent five hours talking and hiking. It was okay to invite her to a show. I can't agree to go to a show on the same day that we just like spent all day together because doesn't that show that I have nothing going on in my <laughs> life? And, but I was like, Life is short, who cares? So I, I ended up going to his show that night. So we spent the whole, pretty much the whole day together. Yeah, I thought it was great that she ended up going to the show early before anyone <laughs> was there. I got there earlier. I didn't realize it was one of those pretend start times. I just got there early. There was no traffic that never happens. Yeah, and not to toot my own horn, but I, I did pretty well on stage. <laughs> because Aaron doesn't intimidate me. I, I love performing for her. I mean, I do it for her now, you know, in the living room. So I felt like it was a really good day that Aaron was a part of, and I felt like I could be myself. Yeah, it was fun. We couldn't stop touching each other. That was new. I had never dated or even kind of dated a person that I was like, ooh, got to touch them. Yeah, I mean, we're, we were very, you know, polite and respectful during the hike. I didn't make a move. But, you know, after a couple drinks, 
that night. Both of us were like, get over here. Yeah, it was fun. It was a really good start to something. A really fun start. But like you heard in the intro, their third date went completely differently. It was their third date that changed everything. More after a quick break. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter, Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. So flash forward to your third date. Totally different experience. God, I, I love and hate that this is a part of our story. Yeah, I bought tickets for us to go see a band called the Me First and the Gimme Gimmies, and they're like a ska punk cover band. <laughs> and they were doing like covers of Christmas songs. And I bought two tickets for her, and I was like, I, you know, I'm gonna take you out that night, we'll get something to eat before, we'll go to the show, and then, you know, maybe later that night you can come back to my place and we'll go up on the rooftop and look at the stars, because we had access up on my roof. And so, that's what happened. She came over around six. We went to get something to eat. And then we went to the show and we were having such a good time dancing. And again, we, a lot of touching, a lot of oh, touching. Uh, one couple said, or one lady said that she thought we looked really in love. Remember that? I do remember that. And we said, we're brother and sister. <laughs> and she said, oh, really? Yeah. I was like, yeah, we're brother and sister. And then, and then when she walked away, we started making out. <laughs> So that was like the I don't know it was it was fun. Me, me and Aaron were on the same page with with everything. It was a fun show, and I felt like it was a real date that I was taking her out on. And so I guess around midnight we head back to my place, and we went up onto the roof, and this is where our lives changed forever. I, I leaned up against the skylight that was on my roof, and you know shortly after Aaron came to lean up against it with me and the weight of both of our bodies cracked the skylight and we fell through. Fell about 15 feet onto a stairwell and I was knocked out and, and in pretty bad shape, but Erin wasn't knocked out. She just fell with me and then so freaked I, out when she saw what happened. I landed in front of the stairwell and Jason landed on the stairwell. When I like, I don't know if I ever actually was knocked out, but you know, probably stunned for a second. I had, I just like looked at my hands and I had blood all over my hands and I was immediately like scared 
because I, I looked like my pants were covered in blood. Like I was just like bloody and I was like, I don't know what's where it's coming from. And then I saw Jason and I knew I needed to get help because he was unconscious. And so I just started screaming for help. Thankfully, neighbors were in there, like the neighbors in the apartment building were there. So they came out and called 911 and got me kind of, I, I just, it's like, you just like start move Like, so I was like, can I get up? And so I, I was able to get up and I just started trying to find someone to open their door. And so when they did, they kind of like set me down and had me like stop moving just in case something was wrong. I didn't know. So at that point I wasn't near Jason and the paramedics got there really, really fast and took Jason away in an ambulance. And they told me that he, he said that he couldn't feel his legs. And then they took me away in an ambulance to just to make sure that nothing was going on internally. They just, I had a, a cut on my head um, that needed stitches, but other than that, they just needed to run tests. I injured my T11 and T12 vertebrae, really displaced and, and didn't sever, but really stretched and tore my spinal cord. During that surgery, I got spinal meningitis. And I don't remember the next month because it, it hit me so quickly that I don't have any really recollection of what was going on. And when I started coming to, I was confused. I misidentified my family. I thought my mom was my aunt. I was having weird dreams. Aaron immediately wanted to see me, but I just, I wasn't in a good shape to see at that time. Yeah, so it was just really a weird time for us because, or for me, he, you know, I I didn't know if we were, I, one, it didn't matter what we were, but two, I was like, I felt so connected to him that I wanted to be there for him. And I had been able to see him a couple of times before the infection really got bad. Probably like the se second and third day after the accident. Yeah, it was a couple of days, yeah. I was able to go see him and talk to him and just, I, I was afraid he would blame me for it. I was just like nervous about him, like what he would feel or how he would feel toward me, especially because I wasn't as badly injured. And he was so positive and sweet. And then when the infection got really bad and I was told I couldn't come see him anymore and I couldn't talk to him, his his phone was off. I couldn't, I just started being like, what is, I don't know, I don't know what to do. I felt so alone and scared and worried. There was a time that he really could have died and it was just like a lot of I, I like cried for 40 days. Like I'll never, I was like, I cried for 40 days <laughs> and 40 nights. And for 40 nights. And I just didn't know if, if it was ever going to be okay. If we would, yeah. you know, what would happen to us. But even though that didn't really matter, I just, I couldn't help but think about it. Cause I, I already felt like I loved him, but that felt crazy. It was three months before Aaron and Jason finally saw each other again. And it was very scary or like eye-opening, maybe is a better word. And I wasn't really myself at that point, was I? Yeah. Yeah, not completely. But it was so fun to watch him slowly become himself again. 
even though he had been through so much and mm-hmm. slowly come out of the hospital into rehab into a another rehab and then finally into his apartment his new apartment with no roof <laughs> or no skylight. roof access yeah. <laughs> or, and no skylight and he was wheelchair accessible i would do cognitive therapy I would do physical therapy. I do, you know, everything to, you know, cover all the bases because, you know, I had head trauma and I had gotten over a a spinal infection. Plus, you know, I was a paraplegic. And so there was a lot of therapy that I needed to go through to get back. So slowly I was coming back. And that's when I really remember Aaron visiting me was at that California rehab because I was cognitive enough. I was awake enough. I was strong enough to get have visitors and she would start visiting me every week and i really would look forward to to her coming and seeing me because you know i had other friends can come see me but aaron was there that night and i had already started having feelings for her when it happened and so for her to come visit me meant a lot i i don't remember saying this but my mom said this at the wedding our wedding that, you know, at California rehab, when Aaron started to visit, I said to her, I hope she keeps coming back because I like her. Mm. And I don't remember saying that, but it, it was, <laughs> it, and it's a lie. No, but no, it was, it, it's true. You know, like anyone who knows Aaron will agree with me that she's a wonderful woman, has such a great positive energy to her. And it's just a ray of sunshine so that every time she came and visited me, she made me feel good and made me feel special and loved, you know, even before we said, I love you to each other. Just her coming to visit me every week with a bouquet of flowers and spending time with me was meant the world to me. And I knew when I wanted, when I got out of rehab that I wanted to continue seeing her because she had proven to me that she was an incredible person and worth, you know, giving my love to. Well, and I still am over here like, are we dating? What is this? Is is this like, should I be dating other people? Like what, mm. you know? And there was a day that, that we were having a lot of fun and we were laughing. And I remember Jason was laying in bed and I'm not like, he's like, you're six foot. He had dropped from like 180 pounds down to like 120 pounds. So he's like a very, very skinny version of himself. And so we're laughing. We're having a good, funny moment. He went, I'm going to do it. And I was like, what? (laughs) And he like pulled himself up and he kissed me. And I was like, oh my God, we're dating. I think we're dating. (laughs) But, But you know, like it was definitely not the most important thing during that time. But it was this little moment of being like, you are still that person that I want to kiss and not just like, talk to about my recovery like right. it, it felt we're like a, oh a charity case really. yeah we're 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 still liking each other mm-hmm. so that was a that was when i knew i was like okay game on and i i i knew that i really was starting to fall in love with her was easter was but i was in rehab during easter and aaron came to visit because she'd come on sundays to visit me and she said hey do you want to go into the courtyard i hid eggs for you and i brought a basket if you want to do an easter egg hunt and i said of course i want to do an easter egg hunt and she we went downstairs and she had hidden eggs in the courtyard and 
And this old man was trying to find him before Jason could find him. Yeah, I was like, back <laughs> off, old man. But it, it was it was then I realized that she, not only was she funny and, and bright and good looking, but she was also really uh, kind and generous and thoughtful that, you know, even though I was in rehab on Easter, doesn't mean I can't do a little Easter egg hunt. Um, and she made it fun and she made it no pressure. And, and, and that's when I realized like, oh, I'm falling in love with this woman. So what was that like to have your relationship sped up? So, I mean, I don't know if it's sped up, but it's just, is it different? Like, is, was falling in love different because of this? Or was it not? I think if we didn't already have feelings towards each other before the accident happened, it would have been a different story. But I think both of us mutually liked each other. And unfortunately, I guess, you know, tragedy and trauma can either split people apart or bring them together. And I'm just, you know, lucky enough that the girl I was dating at the time has such a great heart that she wanted to come see me and wanted to keep supporting me and wanted to still be there for me. And so I feel like, yeah, yeah. Like by the time I was out of the hospital and, and back into my real world, I was like, I want to, you know, spend the rest of my life with this woman because what else could we go through? <laughs> There's nothing really else that would top the life threatening danger that we both went through it's not like i fell through a skylight and then she came to visit me the next day it's like we both went through the same thing and we both remember that night the same way and so yeah i knew it once i was back on my feet so to speaking that i wanted to buy her a ring because like there, there was nothing else in my my mind that would prove to me that she was the right one for me she had already proven to me that over and over again so i felt like it did speed up but i wasn't I, I didn't feel hesitant about it. I didn't have any regrets when I asked her to marry me because it's shitty, hard times like this that really show you the type of person that you are. And Aaron showed me that she's a really good person. Well, and, and I'll say I thought a lot about what if I would have fallen through a skylight with one of my ex-boyfriends or mm -hmm. one just another random guy I met on some dating app what in the world would that have been like versus oh no I, I think I love this person and I think it sped up so fast that I was nervous that something stupid would <laughs> something stupid would like try to break us up like the fact that you know we don't always agree on how the laundry's folded you know stuff like that but <laughs> i like to crumple it up and throw it in the corner aaron that was my husband it. i don't get it <laughs> no but i thought oh we are so bonded together are we going to be so bonded that we miss some of if there's red flags just in our personality but i think we both surrounded ourselves with therapy with friends and family that kind of helped at least for me, slow down my, hey, just let him figure out what's going on with him and his body and his journey. And you just focus on you and figure out, is this the man outside of the trauma? Is this the man that makes you a better person? 
I think, yeah, if it was the wrong person, I would have been like, I'll help you get through this whatever way you can. I hope to see you have a great life. And it was Jason. I want to get you through this. And then I want to be with you forever. Jason's proposal to Aaron didn't come all at once. It couldn't. He just didn't have the capacity for it at the time. So it came on in little drips. We were driving home from some like comedy show that we had just seen. And Jason goes, so if I was the last guy on the planet, would you marry me? (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah? I just remember being like, oh my gosh, wait, what? Like, is he, what's going on in this man's brain? And so it was like, it was like maybe a month later, Jason's mom asked me for my parents' phone number just in case of an emergency. And I was like, oh, interesting, an emergency. And then Jason casually one day was like, so like, if you were going to get a ring, what size would it be? I was like, oh, baby boy, I love it. I love you so much. (laughs) And so, (laughs) I I mean, like, I love it. I really do. You know, being in a wheelchair, my my mobility is limited. I can't be as sneaky as I. You can't blame sneaky. No, like if I wasn't if I wasn't paralyzed, I would have. You know, like you would have invited me up into your apartment at some point, and you couldn't do that because you had stairs, and so. I would have like asked your roommate or like yeah. found a ring and measured it, you know, without you knowing. But I didn't have those options. <laughs> so I just had to ask you straight up, yeah. what's your ring size, baby? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so the That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so the proposal story begins in the same place that they had their first hike date in Griffith Park. And so we were like going up to Griffith Park and there was a lot of traffic. And yeah, getting up there. And then there was a tourist bus of students, about 100 students up there. <laughs> this is before COVID. This, this is like right before months COVID. before COVID A hit. few months before, yeah. But there was just like 100 students up in this area. And I, you know, like I wanted to propose. I had a ring in my pocket, but, you know, there's 100 people around us. <laughs> so eventually I was like, honey, let's go over here where there's not a lot of people and we can see the sunset better. And so... We went over there and she sat on my lap and and then apparently I was like rubbing a hole oh, in her shoulder. He was rubbing my arm so intensely. I can't even tell you what he said because I was like, I was like, I think you need like you have to tell him that this is hurting. He's being really sweet. Maybe you should wait till he's done. This hurts so bad. I wonder what he's saying. What is he? Because like he can't get down on one knee. So I'm sitting on his lap and I'm like, I so the cues aren't happening like i'm not like oh it's happening i'm just like oh this man's being really sweet and i don't think he's proposing because it's kind of like chaotic around us right but i was saying (laughs) sweet stuff he was saying sweet stuff i'm starting to tell her how how important she was to me how how loved and special she made me feel you know at rehab and and after my accident and how I couldn't see myself going on without having her in my life. And All the while rubbing a, a hole in rubbing, my shoulder. <laughs> rubbing deep into her tissue. And so, so Nervously. I was, yeah, I was nervous. Yeah, he was just nervous. And and then he pulled out this like little... What? I, I always love this part because it's a little wooden box. So he pulls out this little wooden box. It's the shape of, a, of an AirPods holder. And I was like, 
Excuse me, give me AirPods. Is this a beautiful air? I really was like, so did not think that this was actually happening. And like, just like, if this is AirPods, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> but it was not. It was a ring. And it was beautiful. And then I said yes. And then we kissed. And then we had a stranger take our photo that is so dark. You can't, you can't really, really see it. Because it was the sun was setting. And before I got the new iPhone. So... <laughs> We got a picture, but you know, hey. Then we went to Musso and Frank's and told uh, Maitre D there that we just got engaged and got a couple we glasses told, of champagne. We told everyone. Everybody we, we could see that we just got engaged. <laughs> we told everyone, uh, like we were walking down Hollywood Boulevard. We met a goat that night named Dodger and mm -hmm. we told his owner <laughs> that we got engaged. We were telling everybody. Yeah. And then we went to a bar after Musso and Frank's and told everybody there. Yep. And I don't remember getting home. I, I remember getting home and it was horrifying. So, but she got me home safe and I woke up the next morning going, what? I'm engaged. We're, I know I'm engaged, but how the heck did we get home? That's the only, I think one of the only times I've ever blacked out from drinking because I was happy that she said yes and that she was going to be with me. That we, you know, I did not, I did not stop the bartender from giving me more drinks. <laughs> And some of them are free, so I'm not going to say no to that. Yeah. I love this. I love this. So tell me about planning planning the wedding. Oh, this it is was, where COVID this... happened. COVID happening is always a time, a good time for a break, right? Because everything always goes sideways after COVID happens. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Yeah, I proposed to her in January 2020. And if you guys <laughs> were, you know, around that time, it was about March of 2020 that the world shut down. Yeah. And then my rehab center in Florida started shutting down. And, and Aaron came out to visit me for a week and it was that week that every even florida if you can believe it was shutting down from covid and so we decided we had to go home and when we did la was a ghost town so so in the time between we us getting engaged and jason leaving for rehab in florida so that was like february 15th 
Mm-hmm. It was the day after Valentine's Day. It was an awful Valentine's Day present. But really? in that month, in that month, I had pretty much planned everything. I'm a I don't I I haven't thought about my wedding for my whole life. I'm a I would say quick decisive decision maker when it comes to stuff like this because I'm like I'm a basic bitch. I know I want a white dress, I want a pretty place and I want to get it done. So, I was like, let's do this. We found a venue, I got a dress. I had we had a date. I had my bridesmaids, they had their outfits. Everything is like ready to go for August 20 20 right yeah august 2020 and then all of this shut down everything happened and i was like hey this was just gonna be a couple weeks maybe a month it'll be totally fine so that wedding eventually would get canceled and we decided that based on a lot like so jason had like a, a little surgery at some point before the pandemic and like they wouldn't let me back there because i was just in the nurse's words just his girlfriend and i was like i was like i was like so i really was so angry and i was like i can't like if covid happens and like again we didn't know what it would be like but i was like we have to get married just for like the non-romantic side of like the visitation rights of hospital stuff like that's a reality now for us and i was not going to be told that i couldn't visit my husband in the hospital which now like hundreds of thousands of people have been told that so i would feel you know during covid that was a real thing so so we just went ahead and got courthouse married in july 2020 and in santa barbara it was really Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Santa Barbara Courthouse is gorgeous. And it was kind of funny too. We we had our family on Zoom. Melissa Aaron's maid of honor and best friend. She was our witness and she like held the phone up so our family could see us get married. But it was still COVID. And so the courthouse clerk handed us the marriage certificate we had to sign on a, a six foot pole. Yeah. <laughs> with a clipboard at the end of it. <laughs> So we had to sign this and then he pulled it back six feet away. And then the judge came out in a mask and he married us from six feet away. And we had to do our vows with the masks on. And so then when he said you could kiss each other, we just kissed with the mask on because at no point had they ever said you can take your mask off to kiss. And then they they told us that we were silly and that we should take our masks off to kiss. So we did. Mm Mm-hmm. But then we started the whole process of replanning our wedding. And because I still wanted it. I, I, I wanted the whole thing. I wanted I, it too. Yeah, I just, it was something. I wanted to celebrate, you know. And I think I also wanted to just have a party. Yeah. Because I was locked down for, what, six months at this point or whatever. And I just wanted to, like, have a celebration with my friends again. And that was another reason why I wanted to have it. But. We decided whenever it happens, it will happen. And so we rescheduled it for May of <laughs> 2021. And even that was too early. And we had to cancel that one again. And I remember when we canceled the May 2021 date, Aaron would just like cry her eyes out. She's <laughs> yeah. like, is this ever going to happen? I think I, I distinctly remember ordering French fries and laying on the floor <laughs> yeah. and eating. <laughs> Canceling your wedding twice. It's just more trying to stay in this same shape so that you can fit in the same dress for that long and a pandemic. Come on, I was tired. That night you said, fuck it. Yeah. (laughs) 
I love it when people say, fuck it, I'm getting French fries. Fuck it. I want to get French fries right now. And so then we ended up finding a new location that would allow us to do it. And, and it was all outdoors. Yeah, it was all outside. And we scheduled it for August 2021, a year after the original date that we had set. Yeah, it was a year and a day after the original. And it was very fun. It was yes. therapeutic. I danced. I was so sweaty. People thought I had been in the rain. I was so <laughs> sweaty. I danced my ass off. Yeah. And and both of our families came and, and you know, all our good friends and all of our bridesmaids and groomsmen can make it, even though two of our bridesmaids were pregnant. Yeah. And one of my groomsmen was expecting a child that next week. So even through all that, they came and... There was, you know, I have one groomsman, Adam, who was very COVID phobic. And so he wore a mask the whole time. He wore so, two masks the whole so time. So we have wedding <laughs> pictures of us and then him in the corner wearing a mask. But he came. But he came, but yeah. he came. Yeah. And it was one of the best days of my life, if not the best, just for the the relief to finally get married with our friends and family there and to have the wedding we wanted. Aaron and Jason have so much joy in their lives. And I was really curious about what it took to get here, about what it was like for the two of them to have such a huge and life-changing thing happen so incredibly early in their relationship. How did it make things different than it would have been if the accident had never happened? It's definitely different. You know, like I'm a 42-year-old man. I'm experiencing things that... I didn't think I'd have to deal with until I was in nineties until, you know, until I'm an older man, like I can't hold my bladder and I can't control my bowels. And it's things like that, that are really humiliating and really hard for me to deal with sometimes. But, you know, I have a woman who immediately showed me she didn't care about that stuff. She didn't care that I was paralyzed. She didn't care that I was in a wheelchair and she continued to show me that, Oh, okay. You, you wet the bed, we'll just change the sheets. It's okay. It's those types of things that really reinforce my love for her because it's tough for me. It's tough for me being, you know, in my early 40s and dealing with things that are life-changing. And I feel like if I didn't have this woman with me supporting me and, and comforting me, I'd be way worse. I would, I'd probably be very, very depressed and lonely, but Erin gives me strength. She really does. And she makes me feel that even though it's difficult, it's going to be okay. And that, you know, just because I'm limited and paralyzed doesn't mean that I'm a sick and broken person. And she continues to show me that every day. And so I definitely think that it's, it's strengthened my love for her and and hopefully it has, you know, for her, because some days I'm not as strong as I like to be. And I know that, but she doesn't hold that against me and she lifts me up and I, I love her for that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I come to sort of an understanding cause it's been a few years since this accident that I've been paralyzed 2018. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a while since I couldn't, can't feel below my waist. And I've noticed as a man, 
whose identity was strongly related to his dick <laughs> that now that I can't feel it anymore, I'm a better listener. <laughs> you know, just by happenstance. Not the fact that I can't feel my penis anymore makes my communication be that more important. The communication I have with Aaron is is more important than any sexual gratification I can because I can still feel happy and I can still feel joy. And when I share a laugh with Aaron, it's one of the best things in my life. And so it's just a weird, weird, I guess, sort of result of me being paralyzed is that I don't think with my dick like I used to. I think with my heart and my mind, and I think that is really good for a marriage. And I think that's one of the the, the weird side effects slash benefits I've received from this paralysis is that now my mind and my heart are what matter and what are important to me. Our relationship, there are so many opportunities for us to work together as a team. I feel like every day we do team building activities just because of the situation we're in. And if we're in a weird place, if we haven't finished a fight or if we're like one of us is low energy and the other one isn't like we kind of have those moments where we just kind of both have to get on the same page and and be a team for those moments that kind of help shake us out of whatever funk we're in. There's also things that you you don't take as many things for granted because you especially for us like we both went through that experience. Some things that might make you crazy, you just, you know, you let them go because it's not important. And I think that's very nice in a relationship that you want to last forever to yeah. not have all of these little things piling up. It's like no, we talk about it, we move on, and we, we love each other, and we, we try to try to be a good team. I think that that's mm-hmm. like, for me, that's what a longevity marriage takes, is being able to work together, and we get that practice every day, multiple times a day. The world often is not set up as well as it should be for people whose bodies don't do all the things that a body is expected to do. Aaron and Jason learned early on that you need to double plan when you're in a wheelchair. Most restaurants have an entrance for someone in a wheelchair, but not all of them do. They learned that it was often hard to do things like go to the beach or to a friend's house who happened to live in an old building. Nothing about this new life felt easy. Nothing except the two of them. I think I said to Aaron when we first were engaged was that we can still have a good life together, a fun life together. It's just going to be different. And and that's proven to be true because, you know, there's so many things with being a paraplegic with accessibility. Can I get into a place? Can I, you know, is this restaurant have stairs? 
you know, every place I go, I need to call and double check. Can I get into it? Can I move around inside of it? You know, Musso and Frank's, their bathroom, I can't get into. And we love that place, you know? So there's things that we just have to adapt and to compromise on. Thankfully, I have a wonderful woman who doesn't judge me and doesn't, you know, make these things and take these things personal. It's just a fact of our lives now. This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza. A very special thanks to Aaron and Jason. Committed is produced by Ramsey Yunt. The executive producers are Joe Piazza and Tyler Klang. Theme song by Tristan McNeil. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at 404-996-1173. That's 404-996-1173. Or send us an email at joe at committedpodcast.com. That's J-O at CommittedPodcast.com. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio and produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book.